The views and opinions expressed by guests on Connected do not necessarily reflect those of Side Street Studio Arts. Episodes may contain adult language. supposed to say hello and welcome to another episode of connected the podcast where we talk about art no hello and welcome to another <laughs> podcast talk about art today's guest is kelsey wilkerson and kelsey and i kind of go medium back i wouldn't say way back but we go medium back um I, Kelsey and I went to the same college and we were in the same art program and she's taking a totally different direction in her approach to art than I have. So Kelsey, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, I'm Kelsey. As Yvette said, we met back in college um, at the University of Florida in Gainesville. And yes, um, my art has kind of taken me more to the design route. Um, interactive design and uh, TV commercials, as well as social media ads and online advertisement. So did you always think of yourself as a designer or was that like title quote unquote that you gave upon yourself as you began making the artwork? I never, yeah, I never thought of myself as a designer until I was officially given the title designer with my first internship, which, you know, I could have totally given myself the title as designer before the internship. I never needed that job to, um, you know, qualify my skills and my design work. But, you know, as a college student, having that, having that job to tell me I was a designer officially really helped. I don't know how exactly to frame this question, but like, I know that I, I know you and I know that you make some art that is just like strictly design. And then, you know, I, I know that you also make like some artwork on your own. That is, yeah, personal think, stuff. yeah your personal stuff. Would you like talk a little bit about that and how you differentiate, like, I guess kind of how like it flows together or if there is a different differentiation between the two right okay so yeah I'm a designer and an artist and how I compartmentalize and kind of fuse those two aspects with my life my hobbies and my professional career um, it's not something that I you know really think about a lot um, it, it happens naturally but I think the most definitive difference between the two is design for me is more like uh, problem solving, a lot of problem solving, especially with the um, advertising industry, which is extremely interested. It keeps me engaged, you know, eight hours a day, 40 hours a week. We have tons of clients that come to us. You know, we work with a lot of um, large name clients like Target, Best Buy, Bud Light, and they'll come to us with uh, a problem that we have to solve. So that they tell us what they want and we have to figure out how to give it to them. So it's like a lot of problem solving and I get to uh, solve those problems with design. 
um, like a bunch of jigsaw puzzles. It's fun. And as far as art, how that comes into my life, that is obviously a lot more personal. And ever since the pandemic, I think I've gotten back into my art practice, as I'm sure most artists have, you know, being alone and having to going from a busy work office to working from home by yourself, it gets kind of lonesome. Uh, you have to figure out ways to entertain yourself, ways to keep yourself busy. And for me, that was going back to my artwork. Uh, I like to do a lot of hiking on the weekends. And so I'll take my camera and I'll take, you know, my sketchbook and my pens and I'll go out on a hiking trail with the intention to, you know, kind of to find something that really captures my attention, captures my eye. And I'll try to, you know, turn that into a beautiful picture of some kind. I've done a lot of nature photography since the pandemic. I've been really focused on birds and alligators. So I actually have a couple of really cool pictures that I have framed up on my wall. I don't know if you've seen my gator. Oh, it's like one of my favorite gator pictures. Um, I have a lot of uh, little watercolors that I've done of some beautiful birds that I've seen, like some uh, uh, a blue a blue heron, um, a cute little barn owl, and what else? Yeah, just a lot of other um, uh, nature photography that you can see on my Instagram page. My Instagram page is really focused just on my personal artwork. I don't really share my design work on there. Um, yeah, I think to sum it up, my personal artwork is how I keep focus in my life. So you definitely have like a differentiation between design and art. It's not like blended together because some people like to argue that design is art. And some people say design is not art. Like what, what are your thoughts about that? I think like I would define it as art has a feeling where design has some message. Okay. They can be, they can be the same. They can be different. You know, you can, if someone tells me like, you know, they want to make an advertisement that's going to capture um, young males that live in the Jacksonville beach area. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, trigger my artistic brain and make something that looks beautiful and artsy. But at the end, I have something that delivers a specific message. If I want something, when it comes to my personal artwork, if I'm, you know, I take a beautiful picture of this waiting bird and it's at sunset and like, I'm having this like specific feeling about it and what other people look at it and my enlisted, like a different feeling um, for each person, you know, it kind of gives them a feeling. There's not a direct message that I, like a direct specific message I want them to get out of that picture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we both went to the same program at UF and we both went through the same art and technology uh, course, like how would you say that has impacted um, your artwork or design in your career now? I think it impacted my my work habits more than anything. As you know, the art and technology program was very inter interdisciplinary and forced us to be extremely uh, self-reliant and self-disciplined. You know, you really, you got out of it what you put into it. And I think, yeah, having, having that experience in college transferred to my professional career very well. It's kind of helped me keep myself focused um, with my design tasks, 
keep, uh, keep myself focused and, you know, do the extra work that I need whenever a client has uh, a, a very strange, like off the wall task to make sure I put in the extra work to get them what they need. I think, yeah, I think the classes we took at UF really helped me um, be brave about exploring myself with my art practice, especially the video art classes we took with Katerie Gladys. Um, she really encouraged me, yeah, to think about like myself, my feelings, my personal experiences, and use that as um, to focus my artwork. And so now I'm not so afraid to, you know, focus on what I'm feeling. You know, if I am lonely, I'll, I can go out on a hike and kind of, you know, focus on those lonely feelings or if I'm really happy, I can go out and like focus on those happy feelings. Whatever you're feeling in the moment is going to direct um, your eye to things out in the world. So I've, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've noticed kind of like an evolution in your artwork. Um, I know that you recently did that one picture of yourself with butterflies around you yeah. and that like that seems something that was very different than what I've seen you do before. Yeah, I think that the pictures with the butterflies, that's definitely something that I would have done um, back in college, again, focusing on how I felt and my personal experiences, that picture I did, like I'm, I started on that a week or two after I ended a very serious um, relationship. We were together for four years, um, we're living together and you know, pandemic has kind of hit everyone in a hard way and that kind of made us realize that we needed to go our separate ways. And that was just, you know, a time in my life where I thought, I was feeling really lonely and, you know, as everyone does through a breakup, you thought, I thought, oh, I'm never going to get through this. I'm never going to find someone to help me and support me the way he did. But it only took two weeks for, you know, all my friends and families to kind of like rally around me and kind of remind me that I have a support system, that, you know, I'm not going to be alone and I can make it through it. So yeah, that's, you know, the picture is pretty, I think it's pretty straightforward. It's a picture of me, um, topless, kind of covering myself, exposed, and having these beautiful butterflies swarming me, which was, you know, my friends and my family being my support. Yeah, I really, I really like that piece of yours. Um, and I also really like your photography too. And all of your wildlife pictures always kind of have like this sense of um, stillness. But especially with like your your birds and your like water pictures, everything just looks so still and peaceful. Even when it's a gator. <laughs> I feel like when I, I think of a gator, I think of like like sharks, the equivalent of a shark. But um Yeah, yeah. Jaws. Yeah, but when I don't know, you just make that gator look very beautiful. Yeah, I'm really happy. I'm really happy you have that interpretation of it. Because again, I got I got into the wildlife photography. That was kind of the next phase of uh, my breakup. 
whenever I feel like I do the best artwork when I'm feeling the toughest emotions. And yeah, that breakup was a really, really tough time and a lot of tough emotions to go through. And so, yeah, the go getting back into nature photography, that was the next step, the next phase of my breakup where I felt like I really needed to meditate and, you know, go out and try to experience the world on my own, you know, being in a serious relationship for four years, it'd been a long time since I've kind of like traveled and, you know, just like done, you know, any activity solely by myself. And so I was doing a lot of that. Um, I was trying to travel to as many beautiful Florida places as I could. And you got a kayak. Yeah, I bought a kayak and I took my kayak like all over Florida, almost. I still have a a lot of places I need to go to. And I would take my camera out on the kayak and I would just, you know, try to feel myself in the moment, you know, kind of that um, golden time of evening where the sun is about to set, but the sunset's taking forever and time kind of stands stands still. And I would feel like, wow, this is amazing. This is beautiful. And I just went through a really bad breakup, but everything's going to be okay. And I took a picture of that moment. And I really, yeah, I really liked going through that experience because now I I can look back at those pictures and remember, yeah, remember that feeling. Yeah, I think that you do a really good job at capturing um, that serenity. And I feel like serenity is the correct word. I feel like there's also another word. But yeah, I think you do a very good job of capturing those emotions and those feelings and and pictures, which I feel like is often hard to do. It's like, you know, just because you have a camera doesn't mean you can take a good picture. So, right. Good job, Kelsey. Yay. It's what I'm saying. (laughs) Um, I think my favorite when I think about um, a lot of those, cause there was a, there was a couple of months. I just went crazy. Um, mm-hmm. taking so many pictures. There's one I posted and I posted it with the song, uh, by Casey Musgraves golden hour. Cause it was at sunset. And I thought this is truly, this is the golden hour. And it's, you can look back at my Instagram and find it. It's actually my Instagram profile picture. It's the palm tree with pink sunset behind it. Yeah. My favorites. That was, that's one of my favorites because that was the evening that I realized like, okay, like I'm fine. This is fine. Life's going to be fine. Pandemic is going to be fine. (laughs) We're all going to be okay. Yeah. And like, um, what I also really like about your artwork is you're very versatile too. Like I'm, I'm creeping on your Instagram right now and yeah, you have like very nice, pictures but then you also have like these really cute silly illustrations that yeah it's like you always keep keep us on our toes right and and I like that I really like this picture of the hawk looking down at you oh yeah that was in Titusville that was when I was living on that boat oh yeah 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 there's tons of ospreys like all over that place ospreys are like they're super cool hawks but there were so many out on that dock and like, I, I don't think they liked me there because <laughs> they would just look at me like that all the time. Like you're making the fishes run away, <laughs> get off our dock. Yeah. So how you've lived in so many places since the pandemic. So you were working in an office in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Manhattan. And uh, once you got 
once the pandemic hit, you were then working from home, but then your home switched like every two weeks. I was like, oh, where's Kelsey this week? Not, <laughs> not where I think she is. <laughs> yeah, running away from, I literally ran away from New York when the pandemic happened. It was really crazy. We packed our bags for a two-week trip, came to Florida to stay with my boyfriend's mom. And we were like, oh, it's just going to be a two-week stay. You know, we'll go back to Brooklyn, you know, after two weeks, two weeks, everything's going to be fine. In that two weeks, everything shut down, locked down, absolute panic and mayhem. And I was like, I guess we're never going to go back to the city. I literally had all my belongings, everything except for two weeks of clothes back at that apartment. So yeah, we had to like um, pay a pay a special company to pack up everything and ship it down to us. But um, from there, yeah, I lived in Ormond Beach for a few months and then went from Ormond, Ormond Beach back to my parents up in the Panhandle for a couple of months. And then from there, I went to my sister's for a few months in Gainesville. And then it was starting to get a little crowded with my sister <laughs> in Gainesville. And that's when I was like, I'm going to get a kayak and just figure out how many Airbnbs I can stay in until I need to stop spending this money. So it went from Neptune Beach up in Jacksonville to Titusville. And I stayed a lot in um, Orlando because I had a friend living there. And then back to Gainesville. And that yeah. boat. Yeah, yeah. Titusville. Titusville is where I was on the boat. Yeah. So what was your experience living in a boat for, I don't know, how long were you there? Just a couple of weeks. Okay. Um, it was honestly, it wasn't that bad. It was just like, it was about the size. The inside was about the size of a small RV. It had two bedrooms, a really small little kitchen area, a little dining table that, you know, um, also was my daily office. It was fun. The first night I had to go get, what do you call it? That like um, motion sickness medicine. Cause it was mm -hmm. like the boat was like rocking really bad and it rained every night. And I thought, Oh no, like, this is a terrible idea. I'm not going to be able to sleep, but I got over that the first night. So like my body got used to it. I got my sea legs. That's good. Uh, yeah. And then there was that cat that followed you home. Yeah. There was a cat that just lived the Marina and it was super, super friendly. It like, there was a couple of times that it jumped in my car and I had to like chase it out of my car. And whenever the hatch was open on the boat, it would try to jump inside the hatch. And I was like freaking out. Cause I was like trying to shoo away the cat, but I also didn't want the cat to like fall off into the water. <laughs> I eventually found the owner of that cat too. She that cat has an owner. Yeah. The cat's name was Dex. And it had an owner, <laughs> some like European woman that had a much bigger boat than mine <laughs> and a hunky boyfriend, <laughs> super hunky. She was like, oh, you've met Dex. And I was like, yeah, I've met Dex. He's trying to jump inside my hatch like every night. <laughs> She's like, yeah, he's super friendly. And I was like, you're going to lose your cat. You need to keep it inside. Yeah. <laughs> so aside from like living on a boat and stuff, like what else do you draw from to create your art? Cause I'm looking at um, your Instagram again, I'm peeping, <laughs> but I see like, yeah, your watercolors, like what, where do those come from? I'm not too familiar with watercolors. So I just try to draw like simple things that I think will be easy to experiment with using the medium. 
because I'm still trying to get used to it. There's so many different types of watercolors. You know, you can get the watercolor in a tube and you can get the watercolors that are like um, the little bricks. And, you know, they're just every type of watercolor you buy. Oh, there's watercolor pencils, watercolor markers, the watercolor pastels. They all have to be manipulated so differently. So yeah, like I think I drew a beet. Um, that's the last watercolor I posted. Oh, like a vegetable beet. Thought it was a radish. It's a beet, and that's um, no, no, it's not a beet. Sorry, it's a, it's supposed to be a turnip green. I had to ask my mom what a turnip green looked like, because and I was strictly just because I was listening to a lot of country music, and I kept listening to this one song. I forgot the name of it, but it says she's country as a turnip green, and I just thought that lyric, that one lyric of that song was super cute, like country as a turnip green and so I thought like what does a turnip green look like oh I think I'm gonna paint that it just you know to have an excuse to use my watercolor set a turnip green but it's purple you eat the leaves oh what do you the do with the rest greens of it? or the leaf and there's turnips and turnip greens so the leafy part and then the the purple part okay so is the purple part just a turnip yeah okay gotcha yeah. And as far as my illustrations, I think I do those when I, whenever I'm feeling in like a really fun, silly, cutesy mood, mm -hmm. I'll do those. Like you'll see. Yeah. I like the, the cat that is uh... Sheena. That's her name. Sheena. Sheena, the cat. Sheena. Sheena and there's Matt, the Corgi. I did Sheena. I kind of created, um, how do you say? Yeah. I created this Sheena cat persona because of um, my boyfriend that lives, my current boyfriend that lives in Orlando, he has a cat, her name is Sheena. And I just think Sheena, she has such a loud personality. You know, you know, sometimes you, you meet animals that just have a very specific personality for being an animal. Mm -hmm. Cat has a very loud personality. And so I just kind of, I started making these series of comic illustrations that in my mind, this is what her personality is. <laughs> she is um, a, there's one where she, she's playing poker. Um, no, she's a poker dealer. And another one where she is a burlesque dancer because she's all sexy and elusive. And the most recent one, she is, uh, oh yeah, the crime fighting Faye Valentine from um, the anime Cowboy Bebop, if you're familiar with Oh, that. is it the uh, the one where it's a space cowboy and yeah. the cat's like- The one with the boobs, that's kind of like inappropriate. <laughs> I've had, yeah, I like, I've had, since I posted that one, I had so many people reach out to me and be like, oh, I didn't know you were into that. And I'm like, into what? Cartoons? And then Matt told me, he was like, Kelsey, that looks like a furry. And I, that kind of oh. like- I honestly haven't done another illustration since then because it's really upset me that people think it looks like a furry because that's not my intention and I'm not into that at all. <laughs> but I mean, the character, the Faye in the in the anime, Faye Valentine has mm -hmm. ridiculous boobs. And so I was trying to make her look like the anime character. And so I thought she has to have boobs because that's like her defining feature. But apparently yeah, I didn't. I don't know when I see that illustration I think of um I didn't even think about the boobs to be honest with you but now that you mentioned that it could look like a, a furry it kind of does mm -hmm. I mean and then she has a belly button too which is kind of like belly buttons are kind of seen as like being a little sensual and sexy 
I have since redone this illustration and I removed her boobs and I removed her belly button. I took away, I think I made her eyelids a little less like sexy looking too. I just had to take away a bunch of sexy stuff because I didn't like the fact that people thought I was a furry. I feel like you should just go with it. I mean, I haven't, it's not like I haven't uploaded the new one on Instagram. So I, I am owning it. <laughs> okay, good. For my personal good- <laughs> files, I have a, a G-rated Faye Valentine Sheena. Yeah, I think um, I'm really interested to see if like these characters would go um, like anywhere else. Like I know it's kind of like we're just getting these stills from like moments of their story. But I'm interested to see if like you like these develop into something else because I also really do like the one where the corgi and the cat are playing poker, mm-hmm. or, or is the cat the the cat is a dealer and then yeah, corgi is playing poker, playing poker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe one day it's a big project to take on. Yeah, but I mean, there's no rush. Yeah, of course not. No, mm-hmm. I have, I have like, yeah, I have a pretty deep collection of random corgi illustrations on my laptop. They're all like halfway done and nothing like ready to like post to the world or share with anyone. So what is your process like? Do you um, have an idea and then like, work until you get that idea that was in your head or do you just start something and kind of just see where it goes to the the first I think I definitely I get an idea in my head and I will like you know go go full steam until I can get to something that where I see that idea physically and then if I ever hit a if I get in a hard spot to where like oh this isn't really looking like the idea I had or like, oh, this is just kind of, you know, taking a turn for something else. It's personally, it's really hard for me to just be totally free form and just see where it goes. When that does happen, it takes me, you know, much longer to finish the project. Like with all of those, um, the Corgi and the Sheena, Sheena the cat illustrations, I had very clear ideas in my head of what I wanted it to, wanted it to look like. And I was able to power through in like one or two nights to get it done. Um, Sheena, the burlesque red um, red slipper dancer, that took me maybe a week to get done. But the whole time I had a very specific vision in my head and I worked really hard to get that vision pretty much precise on the computer. Um, but the, the swampy cowgirl or Florida cowgirl, I forgot mm-hmm. the title, like what it said. Is it swampy it's, or Florida cowgirl? I think it's Florida cowgirl. Yeah, I figured, I think I decided swampy cowgirl was a little too weird that I didn't have a specific idea Mm -hmm. enough of a specific idea it was just something that me and my little sister Hannah uh, she's 14 we were talking one day and we were like she wanted to help me you know do some kind of um, illustration like that on my computer because she likes playing you know I let her use my um, Cintiq tablet because she likes Mm -hmm. playing with it and we had the idea to make like a cool like cowgirl looking thing. And I was like, how about we make the cowgirl riding an alligator? And it was like us going back and forth, kind of brainstorming, but we never got to like a final idea of what we wanted it to look like. So that project took me 
since Christmas to do. Every time I opened my computer to like work on it a little by little, I had, it took me a lot of, a lot of hard focus to, you know, put something to it because I didn't have a clear idea. Okay. So you just, so when you just kind of let it take you, it just takes you longer. Yeah, exactly. And I don't like, I don't like my projects to take, to draw out very long. (laughs) Well, I know that you were also um, digitizing or not digitizing, digitally illustrating uh, some self-portraits, like yeah, that kind of just fell off the radar altogether. Because again, I was like, I didn't have a clear idea. At first, I was like, I want to do a, yeah, a digital self-portrait of me. And so mm-hmm. I started working on that picture. And like, I finished doing like, the, you know, the digital painting part. But then I was like, what's the rest of it going to look like? And like, I keep going back to it. Like, I would open it. I would work a little bit. I would kind of just like, let it take me, you know, try to be creative. But I have to have, before I put anything down on paper, you know, paper being the Photoshop canvas, before I put anything down on the canvas, I have to have some kind of idea of what it might look like. And I haven't had a clear idea of what that might look like. So I have totally not opened that project back up in a long time since last summer. Well, and I've been, I, yeah, I, I really wanted to finish that project. So I was doing a lot of um, like Googling and Behance looking just to like, you know, get some inspiration of like what other artists do for their like digital self-portraits, but I just can't think of anything that really can help tie mine together. I think maybe you should add an alligator to it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Hiding my head? (laughs) Yeah, just add an an alligator just floating in the corner. Like everything else is like super realistic and then they're just like a cartoon alligator. Like something super collage style, just like. Yeah. I I have me finished. I like, you know, did the, the digital painting of me is now mm-hmm. kind of like what is going to be supporting the picture of me. I could just go crazy and do some like, you know, a bunch of like digital collage stuff behind it. That's an idea. What are your doodles like? Everyone has the doodles that they do when they're bored. What are your doodles? Really bad. I like doing my hand turkey a lot. <laughs> I love doing my hand turkey and I'll do the beak and the eye and I'll make the hand turkey say something stupid. <laughs> I think I was going to say maybe you should add some doodles to yourself, but I mean, I'm interested to see what a hand turkey would look like next to your self portrait. Hand turkeys. And I do, when I doodle, I do a lot of calligraphy, calligraphy, like hand lettering. Mm -hmm. Whenever I doodle, you know, do my fancy monogram, make it look all pretty swirls and stuff around it. So yeah, I could do something like that. There you go. Fixed. I fixed it <laughs> with a hand turkey. Yep. And an alligator. I am going gonna, gonna to stand by the, the idea that it needs an alligator somewhere in there. Maybe a little alligator like hidden, like finding, maybe you should hide alligators, <laughs> all of your like portraits. And then, you know, we have to find never it. Did enough alligators. I know. I, I never noticed how many alligators were in your pictures and in your artwork until I started talking to you about them right now really (laughs) I don't know what it is about alligators I wasn't really fascinated with alligators until I was living up in New York because then I think people like when I tell people I'm from Florida they had to like they obviously asked me about alligators and I was like 
I never realized just how special and unique alligators were to people. They're like dinosaurs. Yeah, literally like everyone else, people in every other part of the world that's not the Southeast. Mm -hmm. It's like so bizarre to them. And so it just kind of made me look at alligators differently now. I respect them. I value the fact that I live with monsters (laughs) in my backyard. I'm just looking through your pictures again, and I just found this picture. I don't know what kind of bird this is. It's like one of those like long neck birds. And is it white? No, it's like black, and the the neck of it is gray, and it's holding a fish in its beak. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that again, it's it's very like it looks very still, but I'm sure that there was movement going on in in that moment. Yeah, that's the that's an ahinga, a female ahinga. And yeah, there's a lot of movement. What the ahingas do when they when they fish, um, when they catch their fish, their beaks are like really pointy so they can stab it, like literally spear the fish. And once they get it like that, they can hold it in their mouth and they literally beat it against the like branch of a tree until the fish, you know, stops flopping. And then once the fish is dead or just stops resisting, they slurp it down whole. Huh. I have a picture of an ahinga slurping the fish down too. On here? Yeah. You might have to go pretty far back. Is it is it a blue one? No, it's uh, the same type of bird, the ahinga. Oh, oh, wait. No, there's another one with a fish in it. It might be a um, multi picture. You might have to swipe. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He ate it whole. She is a female. She ate it whole. Wow. How did you how did you capture that? Birds are cool. You gotta be really quiet and let the bird know that you're not trying to take its food. The last time, and also I have a pretty big lens, so I can be pretty far away and you zoom mm-hmm. up really close. <laughs> The last time I tried to take a picture of an ahinga slurping down a food, like his fish like that, he dropped the fish and started to charge at me and started hissing like a goose. I don't know if oh. you've ever seen a goose like do its hissing thing. It's really scary. Yeah. The ahinga did that. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to take your fish. I'm not trying to take your fish. Yeah. And I was actually cool. right outside my apartment complex when the ahinga started to chase me. That ahinga, that was in the Everglades. So I think, you know, he was a lot more chill. He wasn't a city bird. He was like out here. He's like, I'm out here in the Everglades. No one's bothering me. I'm just going to eat my fish. The bird here in my apartment complex, he's like, yeah, I have to fight for this. So you better back off. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I never really got much into bird watching again until the pandemic. Because when I first came back to Ormond Beach, I never realized. So my grandmother got me into birds when I was very, very young. We used to go and spend every summer with her and my granddad at their river house. Mm-hmm. And they would always, we just, you know, you see so many types of birds in Florida and they would always point them out and tell me what they were and like what kind of call they made. And at the time, you know, I don't know, I was like 10 years old. I'll, I didn't really appreciate it at the time. I wasn't fully paying attention, but I retained some of that information. And I didn't, again, I didn't realize just how much of that valuable information I retained until um, I moved to Ormond Beach with my ex-boyfriend and his family. 
And they just had no idea what any of these birds were. And I just kept, you know, we would go out to the beach or we would go out to the park and they would admire these birds. And I'd just be like, oh yeah, that's an anhinga or that's a, that's a blue heron. It's kind of like, you know, I just knew what the birds were and they thought it was super impressive that I knew what these birds were. And I thought, you know what, I, that is some valuable knowledge. I didn't even realize I had this catalog of birds in the back of my head that was, you know, that I picked up from my grandparents all those years ago. And now I value it. And so I try to get back into doing a little bit more bird study so I can understand it more. That's really cool. You know, I, I feel like um, birds are some type of omen. Um, they can either be good or bad omens, but I found this dead bird one time and I was like very like, cause it wasn't one of those dead, it wasn't a bird like you see around here that often. And I was like, what kind of bird is this? And I kept looking it up and Googling and I kind of, it was a type of heron, but it was specific to the river where I, that goes to the town where I grew up. That's terrible. This was in Florida, not Chicago. No, this was, this was like a few years ago. Yeah. It was in, it was here in Elgin Wow, somewhere around here. Yeah. No, you're so right. Birds are an omen in a way, just because they, they're so in tune with nature and they have such specific patterns and habits. They tell us a lot. Like they say, this might be a, a wives' tale, but it's what my grandmother's always told me that cardinals um, signal when winter is coming or when a cold front's coming because red cardinals like the colder weather, so mm-hmm. they will follow the cold weather. So you'll see them show up right before a cold snap happens. Cardinals. No, Are those the red, the red ones? The red cardinals. Okay. And what else? Oh yeah, mockingbirds are very, the Florida state bird, they're extremely vocal. And that's why they're called the mockingbird. They just make all kinds of weird, crazy, like calls, mm-hmm. but they're actually, they're one of the most observant birds. So they do a really good job of like, letting you know, if there's a snake around, if you hear a couple of mockingbirds, like going crazy, then it's probably because there's some kind of like snake or some other kind of predator nearby and other birds will hear that. And, you know, they'll run off too. Mm-hmm. Remember so- when we went to that Island and there was just snakes and rats and spiders everywhere. Seahorse key, but there was what? What kind of spiders? I don't know what kind of spiders, but there was just spiders and snakes and rats. There were cottonmouths. I know that was the specific type of snake that was out there. Mm-hmm. And then there were the the water ones, the water moccasins. Yeah. Yeah. I think water moccasins and cottonmouths are the same, technically. Oh, are they? I think so. Something oh. I have to Google. They just have like different names. Oh, yeah. And I remember there was that one tree with all the snakes at the base of it, just waiting for like food to drop out of the tree. Yep. Yeah. What was it? They said, oh, yeah. They said, I forgot what kind of bird it was, but the island was closed um, for half the year because it was a breeding ground for a special type of bird. Mm -hmm. And that's why the snakes were so common there because the snakes would eat from the bird droppings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Bird. I mean, I I don't rem- I don't know birds like that, but <laughs> I just remember being on the island for two days. Didn't seem like 
three months. <laughs> <laughs> no internet, no Wi-Fi. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. But I, I remember you you and Tatiana, you guys got stuck on that kayak. Yeah, we were on a canoe. This was like oh, the canoe. me and Tatiana is like literally one of our first real one-on-one encounters with each other. She she tells a funny, she tells a story so great in a really funny way but we were on a canoe and at that time in my life I did not have a lot of canoe experience or kayaking experience at all so we were kind of paddling in circles and we were having a really hard time you know the island is in the gulf so we're having to fight the gulf tides so we were having a really hard time fighting the tide to follow the biology students we were supposed to be following and I was afraid of like going down the wrong path of the wrong stream and like drifting out into the Gulf of Mexico. So I started to kind of panic and freak out. And Tatiana was overcompensating for my panic. So she was just sitting down all chill being like, Kelsey, it's fine. Just like, just breathe and like chill out. It's going to be fine. And I was getting upset because I thought this girl doesn't give two shits if we float out into the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. (laughs) So I was like, no, it's not going to be fine. You have to paddle or we're just going to keep floating off. And we ended up, we got stopped by an oyster bed. So I didn't realize, but the entire, that whole area, it's like three feet deep. So there was mm-hmm. never any real danger at all. We could have always just gotten out and walked back to the island. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do remember all the oyster beds and um, I didn't go, I didn't go on the canoe, but I forgot what I did instead. There was like several activities, but I do remember going onto the oyster bed and like trying to find rocks it was like it was a very strange field trip like I I do and I did enjoy it after the fact I do enjoy thinking that I went there there we (laughs) go thinking about the time I went there I didn't really enjoy the time at the time yeah for me that was like one of my favorite uh college well we didn't do a lot of college field trips but as far as college projects go that was my absolute favorite and I'm upset we didn't get to go the second time because of the bad weather remember we were supposed to go the next year but there was a hurricane coming in so Mm -hmm. (laughs) we didn't thankfully yeah I wish I could do something like that again actually I kind of am I don't know if I told you but I'm taking um, I'm in a online class program right now through the University of Florida it's called the Florida Natural um, no, Florida Master Naturalist Program. Oh, what does that mean? It means I will be a certified wilderness explorer. Just kidding. That's not what it means. It's oh not- my gosh. I got so <laughs> you know, excited. Movie, I don't care what you up, say after that. I don't care. <laughs> like the, the kid from Up, he said, he says, I'm a wilderness explorer. Caw, caw. Explored. Anyways, um, no, the program is seven classes long. This is my first class. And after the first class, you know, you get a certificate for each class and you are a master of, um, you're considered a master of that um, subject. The one I'm taking right now is called environmental interpretation. And it's basically kind of like tour guide training, you know? So if you've ever been on a guided hike or Mm -hmm. a guided kayak trip or something, any kind of outdoor guided experience, this is the kind of class they take so they can, um, you know, give properly interpret your surroundings to a group of people. Would you be able to like go survivor man and just 
No. Survive on your own? No, not at all. It's not that kind of class. It's more like a biology class, like a conservation biology. Mm -hmm. It's not like a Boy Scout class or anything. No, the idea, I have this dream in the back of my head. This has nothing to do with art or design, but I want to own my own kayaking company one day and do guided kayak tours. That would be really cool. I think that would be really cool. Like, would would you be in the kayak with the tourists or would the tourists be in their own kayak? You'd be in our own kayaks. And would, okay, so what if like this person has never taken a kayak to the water? Like, would they have to be there with like another person? No, it's actually a lot easier to be in a kayak by yourself if you've never kayaked before. Really? Is that the one where only one person fits in it? But there's two people kayaks, right? Yeah, yeah. There's tandem and single kayaks. Okay. Yeah. For for inexperienced people, you just have to have an extra wide, long kayak. Mm -hmm. So you don't like, you know, tip it over. Um, Kayaking really isn't to have when you have one of the extra wide kayaks, you have to try really, really hard to flip it like really hard. (laughs) And I'm sure you could, but. You know, if you're not in tidal waters with sharks and you have a life jacket on, like you're nothing bad's going to happen. You're going to be fine. Well, I would, I would love to take one of your guided kayak tours one day. Yeah, maybe one day. And, you know, maybe I can keep up uh, my nature photography with it too, especially if I had a tandem kayak and I had someone paddling me while I had my camera, because that's the hardest part. Is like trying to trying to take a picture of something and you get a good gust of wind and the wind totally turns you backwards. And I'm like, well, I got to get my paddle and bring myself back over here <laughs> to see the bird. Yeah. But um, no, I really, I really enjoy looking at your artwork and I really like everything that you're doing. Um, so thank you for sitting down and talking with me about all of this, which I feel like I've, I've known you, but like, we haven't really talked about your artwork that much. No, like it's a hard thing to talk about um, unsolicited. So I really appreciate mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Um, soliciting this. Thank you to our listeners for listening to this episode of podcasts. And thank you to Kelsey. Uh, you could follow her and her Instagram at uh, Kelsey Wilkerson art. Um, And remember to like and rate this episode so that we can keep bringing you more of these every week. All right. Thank you, Eva. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Connected is a Side Street Studio Arts production. Music by Tanner Melvin. Produced by Nick Mataragas. To find out more about Connected and all the great things Side Street Studio Arts offers, please visit sidestreetstudioarts.org.